Alright, brothers and sisters, what news has befallen upon us? And this is regarding what happened or what did Ravi Zacharias do during his time alive. And um, you know, uh, this is Malaysian Christian Talks episode 9. And today we're going to discuss about the whole Ravi Zacharias conundrum. Hi, welcome to Malaysian Christian Talks, where our goal is making disciples through cyberspace as we navigate on musings of our biblical faith. Alright, so before we can even begin, some of you might be wondering who is Ravi Zacharias, uh, what did he do, and what happened? So Ravi Zacharias is a renowned ap- Christian apologist who started out the RZIM, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries that has gone worldwide training of Christians to be able to defend and speak for their faith. And to us, we regard him as a spiritual giant in that sense. Um, a man who is portrayed full of integrity, full of humility, and you just love listening to him. And if you want to know what happened um, recently is that um, when his passing happened, all of a sudden there was this uh, investigation done and they have found out the links are all below for you to check the the, the news but what was what happened was uh, it was reported and shown that the that the allegations on him in indulging in sexual misconduct be it from sexting to um, massages they were all true and I will not bore you the details you just read for yourself to make out and verify the report yourself but in short, uh, with the evidence laid before us, all, all the years of ministry, it was reported that he lived a double life. And, and um, you know, while he indulged in sexual misconduct uh, through his massages and other means, he was able to cover it pretty well for the general masses. But here's the thing, I'm not going to specifically talk about him right now. You can read the responses of all the Christians that have responded through, if, if you make your own research. And you know, while some of you may say um, Adriel uh, gave him a break, he is not here to defend himself. I would say, sadly, uh, it's not that he cannot defend himself. The reality of how this report came about during his passing, the victims who saw the whole wake procession said, hey, is no one going to speak out about his actions all these years? And so the investigation started and it's not the ideal kind of position. Yes, he's not here to defend himself. And I would actually say, um, if you read enough, he has been given ample of opportunities to come clean or to even explain his actions and decisions. But again, it is not specifically what we want to discuss today. What do we want to discuss today? The world is shaken and and my heart breaks when I heard this as well. I'm not going to pretend because while I may not know Ravi, for example, it is a general slap to the whole Christian community. But I want to discuss here two things. How are we supposed to comprehend this whole situation and how are we supposed to respond? Now, here's the thing. If you... Here's, again, all the links are posted below. So, Ray Comfort, he says... It was painful for him to find this out. Okay, Ray Comfort is another uh, evangelist uh, because Ravi Zechariah's name was synonymous with integrity. And this is why he says, A big lesson we should all take from this tragic situation with Ravi is to listen to our apologists and ask, are they preaching sin, righteousness, and judgment? 
are their hearers being impressed with eloquence? Or have they been awakened to their terrible danger? Do they tremble as did Felix after hearing Paul preach? So that, that's Ray Comfort's response on um, uh, is there something that we can do to help our apologies for sake of accountability? Uh, our fellow Malaysian Tan Su In from Grace Works, Mr. Tan Su In says this, he humbly and earnestly reflects on the situation of how someone like Ravi could fall. Uh, he unpacks it in the idea of uh, four things uh, that every minister gets caught up in fame and then they experience fatigue and then they experience loneliness and all in all, giving the environment that leads uh, for Ravi Zacharias to sin. Uh, and because there is also that lack of accountability. Uh, Calvinist James White says, um, brings this issue about apologies that they rarely become churchmen. And I quote, uh, he says, Apologies have a tendency, a fatal tendency, in my observation. They are not churchmen by and large. They are often on the fringes, often away from fellowship and often aloof. Which again gives this whole idea because they're away from the fringes, they're not part of the fellowship. Uh, it gives again rise to the same environment of how Ravi might have sinned. But I'm just unpacking certain things that's been said out there, and that's for you to read below. But today, briefly, briefly, all I'm going to talk about is this how should we respond and how should we understand this? I only have three simple points for you. Number one, we should not be surprised. Yeah, we shouldn't be. You see, the great heroes of the Bible, and you name it, right, were all imperfect. Moses was not perfect. He made excuses after excuses to not serve God. Abraham sells out his wife twice. Uh, and yet God called him righteous, by the way. David committed murder, adultery, and wasn't the best father. Elijah was so self-focused and burning out. Peter was all talk and no walk, and the list goes on. You see, scriptures has shown us that there is only one hero in the Bible. And where God calls those two for his purposes, all of them at one time failed to match God's standard. Only Christ, Jesus Christ, meets that standard. So my encouragement is, hey, when you see a leader fall, don't be surprised when, you, uh, when this happens because the reality is we are all sinners, which brings us to our next point. We need to have a healthy doctrine of our fallenness. What do I mean by that? Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Sin here in Greek says hamatano, where the Greek word, uh, root word is hamashia, and it means missing the mark. And, and it says that all of us have missed the mark, the mark of God's glory we fail. If it happened to Ravi, you better be sure it can happen to you. Let us not assume we are all free from the possibility as it only takes one time to fail. It just takes that one moment and it might be a slippery slope after that. David, King David, had to just not go out to war that one time when all the kings are out for war. Had to just walk on that roof that one time and to see someone bathing that one time. And you know, the rest is history. See, when Adam and Eve failed the first question, God asked, where are you? Not that God didn't know where he was, but it was a question that they have, the fact that they have fallen deep into that spiritual depravity. It's more like saying, what have you done, Adam? Where, where are you that you're so spiritually lost? 
Yet in Luke 19, Jesus' very mission answers his first question of where are you? That Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Brothers and sisters, all of us are just reenacting Genesis 3 at the Garden of Eden. You know, here's the, here's the reality, right? There are two gardens, the Garden of Gethsemane, Garden of Eden, right? Uh, in the Garden of uh, Eden, we say, not your will, God, but my will be done. But it was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane that says, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And it was in the Garden of Eden that Adam got kicked out of the Garden because he has sinned. Jesus was kicked out of the Garden of Gethsemane because he willingly took our sin. And while God created animal skin to cover Adam and Eve's shame, Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, was stripped naked to take on our shame. Brothers and sisters, we are fallen creatures and that is the reality. And this reality pushes us only to rely on the work of Jesus on the cross that redeems us even more. From being poor in spirit to true spiritual richness. And this brings on us to a final point. So we need to understand that we shouldn't be surprised. We need to have a healthy understanding of our fallenness that we all are sinners. But because of that, we need to have a healthy understanding that we need to be accountable to one another. You see, walking in this form of positional righteousness is not righteousness of our own, but the righteousness of Christ. So we, we cannot boast. There's nothing in us that we can boast. Nor should we be conceited about our standing with God. So when we see a leader fall, we shouldn't go, I had high hopes in you kind of response. The question is, do we respond that way? Or do we learn to show the right church discipline to enact and restore our brother and sister in Christ who has fallen in sin? And it's very biblical, by the way. I'll unpack the Bible in a while. But here's the thing. Think about it. It is even tough for leaders who fall, they decide to keep it a secret because of the level of condemnation our church environment has created. And what more today with cancel culture? Because of that one act, I cannot see you the same way anymore, Pastor. You have done this and I cannot, I cannot, I cannot trust your authority. You know, that's, so there's all this forgetting that we are all fallen and we are all broken. Yet, here's the thing. We need to have an accountability on all ends. Because why? I know I will fail. I need accountability. I need someone to journey with me and because I know I will fail, I'm not going to wait for my pastors to ask. I'm not going to expect, oh, my pastors is my shepherd. They should be able to ask. No. Because I understand this. I make the effort to say, hey, pastor, so-and-so, I'm struggling with this and I need help someone to journey with me. And you know, the pastor can say, thank you for telling me. I had no idea. You know, and it gives them the opportunity to serve you better. Um, you know, a respectable acquaintance once said this, humility, brokenness, and accountability must always be part of our ministry ethos, which means in everything we do, there is nothing that we can boast. There is always an acknowledgement if as I, as I speak God's word, I am not there yet and I will fail. 
Even Paul in Philippians 3 says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself there yet, but one thing I do, I forget, I leave what is behind me and I strain forward to the goal before me which is in Christ Jesus. Even Paul is not there yet. In fact, Paul calls himself the chief of sinners, a wretched man. So here's the next question I, I lay before you. Does our church in Malaysia provide the redemptive space of humility and brokenness and accountability for one another to not only share the struggles but be restored and walk towards the journey of victory in Christ because that's the gospel. So let me just end with this. Uh, this is in Galatians 5, 25 to 6, uh, the first few bits. If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself churchgoers who want to be part of the family, if you call yourself being part of the body of Christ, Ravi Zechariah's situation reminds us that all of us can fail, we shouldn't be surprised, and we need accountability. Let us not assume that we won't, and to think that you're good enough is hubris, because all have failed. And you know, it is not just a sexual misconduct, it counts for everything, and it's a call for us to be in step with the Spirit. And as I read Galatians 5, it says here, If we live by the Spirit, verse 25, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not, so how to be instead of spirit, let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. It covers all ground. Number one, let us not become conceited as if you are so holy. Let us not provoke one another, uh, pointing out people's mistakes as if they do not know their sin, assuming so. And let us not envy one another. Oh, that the other person is so much holier than me. I am not good enough. Hey, no one is good enough. No one is good enough. Only Christ is good enough. Instead, Galatians 6 says this, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any, any, right, any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in the spirit of gentleness and keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. You see, we all need to respond this um, in all humility that if we did fall in sin, we need to have two parts to dance. Number one, to come clean and to only boast in Christ. And the church, to welcome him and to restore him, be it whether you're a pastor or a normal member. We are all bodies in Christ. And if you're not sure what normal member or pastor is supposed to mean, check last week's episode on what it means to be a normal Christian. And so, what if the church still condemns you? What if the church still condemns you? And if you're a pastor and, you, and the church says, I have to kick you out. I'm not going to throw discipline. My only encouragement is the reminder that Romans 8 says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And Christ is all you need. And if you learn to trust how God journeys with you through the thick and thin, through the hills and the valleys, to see that He's the Good Shepherd, then bless you, brother. Bless you, sister. To know that at the end of the day, Christ is all you have. So that's my reminder for today. So let's not all go bashing Revy Zacharias or be shocked or whatnot. Let us take this opportunity to remind ourselves who we are in Christ and what we are called to do and how are we to respond when leaders fail. 
read Galatians for yourself. Alright, that's all for today. I'll catch you later in the next one. Peace out.